I mentioned it briefly uh, last week that our students had the amazing opportunity to go to our Assemblies of God youth convention called Momentum. So much fun. It was so much fun. It was, it was Pastor Ariel and I's first time being able to take the kids somewhere. So if they came back uh, really tired and kind of messed up, season of grace. It's my first year, right? <laughs> it was so good. We had such an amazing time in God's presence. Over $74,000 given to Speed Delight. If you don't know what Speed Delight is, it is the Sentence of God's way of providing uh, vehicles for missionaries all over the world. Uh, it's so exciting. And the state of Illinois got to partner with two missionaries and we raised over $74,000. Both missionaries were able to get a vehicle. Uh, purchase checks were sent on the way, and so I'm so thankful to be a part of a state, uh, of, of a fellowship that we care about missions, especially a church like this where we care about missions, and so it's been awesome, and your students, our students, church, let's take ownership, our students got to participate in sacrificially giving of their own money and their own finances to give, and it was an amazing sight to see, it was so encouraging, and on the bus ride back, you know, we could have spent an hour sleeping, because the Lord knows we all needed that, okay? Red Bull can only work so much, all right? Uh, we could have we could have watched a movie. We could have uh, played a game. We could have done anything. But we decided to keep a tradition that's happened here uh, uh, for the years past. Of we spent the hour on the drive back sharing testimonies of God, what God did in the lives of the students. And it was so encouraging to hear and see students come up to the front of the bus like, and the bus had a microphone? Come on, they just wanted us to do it. They just wanted us to do it. And spent that hour, and there's two students that I got to share that moved my heart, and I know moved the rest of the bus. And Pastor Joey told me, he warned me, he goes, listen, there's not, like, y'all are going to cry on the bus. And I was like, I'm a soldier. I cried. No, <laughs> I did. And I was like, so awesome. So can I have both of you? Can you just both come up, Joe and Kayla? Come on up. So thank you, Pastor Ariel, for hanging out up here. Um, these guys are awesome. Uh, give it for Joe on the drums today. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so these guys shared their heart on the bus, and as I was praying for for tonight's sermon, for tonight, for today's sermon, um, I just you you both stuck out, and, and I want you to briefly share. I know you guys prepared uh, what God did in your life at Momentum and. Church, this is evidence that God is moving in our youth. This is evidence that God is alive, that, that to these students, God has become real. And so, Joe, why don't you share, and then Kayla. Uh, I know you're a drummer, but... I know, I know, I know. I like to stay in the cage, you know? Um, so, hi, my name is Joseph Pilecki. Um, I'm a student at Excel. I'm a senior, so this was my last momentum um, for a while. Um, but... What God did in my, for me at Momentum was open my eyes of his goodness and work through me through my struggles. For example, one of my struggles is patience, as I know many of us in this room struggle with that. Um, yeah, he was, it was one of the things I was struggling with, and a good person I look at for patience is Job, as he had everything taken away from him. And, that, and even though he had everything taken away from, from him, he still had patience with God and he still had love for God. So that, that is one thing I strive for, to be like him in that uh, manner. And um, 
had momentum um, as I was wanting to get patience um, from God. Uh, one of the workshops, uh, Pastor Nelson, um, he was pre preaching about um, praying to God and waiting for him to answer. And I felt like that was a good like reminder of like, that's patience. That's something that we need to um, in life that we're not always gonna get um, what we want right on the spot, but we have to wait for what God has in store for our lives. So, um, so yeah, patience was a big thing. Um, and I pray that God gives me uh, love in uh, my life and that I can show other people love because some of some people, not in this room, maybe, but uh, <laughs> some people in the world just, you know, you really don't know what they're going through. So like, say you start getting mad at them and they had a bad day and it's a back and forth thing. And, you know, God tells us to love each other as one another, as a neighbor, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, I was very blessed to go to Momentum uh, this year and I can't wait to see what God uh, does in my life in the future. And um, yeah, thank you. Man, we all need a little bit more patience, amen? I, I also learned that the, this past weekend. Kayla, why don't you share what happened uh, at Momentum and on the bus ride back? Um, what Momentum did to me was help me that reassurance of God. I had came out of a toxic, abusive relationship, and I was full of so much hate and anger, and I would just always ask God and just bash on him, asking him, why me? Why didn't he protect me? And just saying how if he was real, he would have defended me. And I closed all doors on people, families, especially God. And um, my mom was really ill in the hospital. And that same week, my friend had passed away. Um, I went to the bridge with my sister, and, and I met three boys who approached us that night. Um, my sister would tell us, let's go to church. But I feel like I wasn't ready just to seek God, because I would bash on him a lot. And I met Jeremiah, who invited us to the church. And I believe that it was faith from my friend to come to church and reunite me with God. And I could have never been so thankful for meeting him. Um, when we were on our way back from Momentum, um, Pastor Izzy was asking for testimonies. And I saw everyone go by one by one. And I know I had to share my story. And as I'm telling everyone, I have um, one step left, and that was to accept Lord as my Savior. And on the way back from the bus, I was saved. And I can't wait to start this new chapter with God. Awesome. That's so good. That's awesome. Come on, give it up. It's amazing. That's amazing. On the bus ride back, God's not done. God's not done. I remember she was sharing, and she was like, you know, I can't wait to worship God. I can't wait to get to, I said, well, do you know him? She goes, no. I said, well, let's do that right now. Let's do it on the bus. Right here in front of everyone, the, the, whole, the whole bus cheering, supporting you. So it's, it's awesome to see, and, and shout out to Jeremiah, where, wherever you're at. He's probably out serving, doing something, because he's always doing something. 
But thank you, team. Thank you, team. It's so awesome to see what God is doing in the lives of our youth. And what what I see God doing is just, um, it's evidence. It's proof. Every, every Thursday that I get to spend time with these students and Fridays and Sundays, I just see, and God has a heart for the next generation, and he's building them up. And don't let the world tell you what's going on with them. Look at what's happening here in the life of the church, and I'll tell you that they're leading the way, and it's awesome. Well, I got a word for you today. If you're ready for it, turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Turn to the other one and go, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, we're finally, if you can't tell, we're finally in the holiday season. Uh, it's finally here. Uh, we just had Thanksgiving, or as my grandma would say, Thanksgiving. I'm like, you've been getting a few letters in there, grandma. And, and my favorite part of Thanksgiving is uh, Pastor Ariel and I, uh, we have this tradition. We watch the parade. Any, any, any parade watchers? You're like, no, like I'm cooking. <laughs> I don't have time for a parade. We are watching the parade. So we watch the parade and we watch all the pop artists lip sing their, their entire catalog. We watch the high school bands march out of step. We watch the musical people twist and twirl. And it's awesome. It's, it's a great time. My favorite part of the, of the entire parade, other than the high school marching bands, because I just, one of my regrets is not joining the band in high school, is at the end of the parade, we all kind of know what happens. They intro the holiday season season with the man in the red suit himself with Santa, which is amazing. So I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving because of these new um, traditions that we have. It's just awesome. Anybody go to the Chris Kendall market yet? Wrigley downtown? You've raised your hand every time. And so I thank you. Right? I appreciate you. Right? Holiday season is here. I love Thanksgiving. And there's really, other than the parade, there's only one reason why we like Thanksgiving. And that is the the food. It's the food. Uh, how many of you cooked, like, some of y'all cooked for days in advance? Is that anybody? You're like, Pastor Joey's got his hand up, like, cooking everything, right? There, there's stuff that takes days and hours, the secret sauce, all that stuff. Um, when I was a kid, I just remember uh, looking forward to family gatherings. The one thing I did not look forward to uh, was there were two tables every time I showed up. Some of y'all know where I'm going. There was the adult table, right? And then there was the kid table. And as a little version, a littler version of me, because I'm still small, but I'll fight you. Um, I I hated it because I was like, why y'all get the good stuff? Because normally as kids, like, what do you what do you give? You know what? We're gonna change this. All right, no more giving kids the basics. Give them everything, okay? Even if they throw it away. All right, you spent all that time cooking. All right, but y'all want to save it. But I just remember I wanted to be a part of the adult table because I'm I mostly got like rice, some kind of meat, and corn. Like, and bread. I mean, that's pretty much it. You're like, yeah, that sounds really good. But there's always some type of casserole, right? Like, uh, I, we lived in Missouri for a while, okay? And let me tell you something. Uh, they make casseroles for everything and with everything. Like, I've never heard of these type of casseroles. I'll save you the stomach ache by explaining them. But if you grew up like me, you would understand the frustration when I say sitting at the kids' table was not fun. I wanted to be a part of what was happening. You know, I wanted to hear the jokes. I wanted to hear the conversation. I wanted, like, my dad, if you ever want to know what my dad was like, just find one of the Marty brothers. I'm one of three the most handsome one of all of them. And you got that on live stream. Yep. And um, 
you'll know that my dad was a storyteller. You'll know that he's loud and he's funny and somewhat obnoxious. And I just would remember the, the whole room just bursting out in laughter because of my dad. And I'm like, I want that to be me. I want to be the center of attention. And I'm the middle child, so that explains everything today. I wanted to be a part of the food, the conversation. I wanted somebody to pass me the bread. I wanted somebody to pass me the pernil. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. I sure did. I wanted somebody to pass me the turkey, the sides. Can I ask you something, church? Do we do similar things with our children and youth and faith development as a church? Here's what I mean by that. Are we accidentally slowing the faith development of children and teens by not inviting them to the adult table of the conversations of our faith? I wonder, I wonder if that's something that we do. So today's message, because we're in this together, is called, Please Pass the Faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, please pass the faith. Please pass the faith. Like you're reaching for some corn. All right, some of you already, like you're already saying this in your head and it's okay. It's okay. Another youth pastor sermon about how bad parents are. No, I'm not going to talk about today. That's next time, Okay. I'm just playing. I'm a parent now, so I can say that, all right? Not at all, because just as I believe in the pastoring parent, I also believe this, church, passing on the faith to the next generation is the responsibility of the entire church. We're all in this together. High School Musical. Church, I have a challenge for you. Please pass the faith. Just like I longed for some of that delicious food that was out of reach on the table, there's some incredibly rich spiritual foods here in this room, on your table. Church, pass the faith. Say it. Please pass the faith. faith. Passing the faith. So what does it mean for us to pass the faith then? How, How do we do it? A whole bunch of us unnecessarily freak out when we talk about sharing our faith or evangelizing. Like if I, like... These two students got up here and shared their heart, what God did in their life. If I asked some of y'all to come up here and do the same, you would pass out or throw up or do both at the same time, right? That's like, AJ's going to have to clean that up. Don't do that. The carpet's expensive, all right? But some of y'all freak out. And I was curious. I'm like, wow, like we're so quick to share our Thanksgiving meal on Instagram, but not a Bible verse. And we're so quick to share what we're doing on the holiday season, what gifts we got, but we're not quick to share the greatest gift of all, and that's Jesus. I just wonder if somebody here is willing to get over themselves and pass the faith. I wonder if there's anybody here that's willing to do that. I know I can hear the amens are with me today. Before you leave today, I want to encourage you to please pass the faith. Let's look at Psalm 145. If you see me constantly touching my nose, it's because I wear glasses, and I'm wearing contacts today, so I look like a dweeb. Psalm 145, you'll see it on the Sky Bible, verses 4, 6, and 7 in the ESV. It says this, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Verse 6, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds And I will declare your greatness. Verse 7, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud your righteousness. That's the word of the Lord. Passing on the faith means we talk about what God has done in our lives with those who are younger 
than us. Let me pray for us real quick. Lord, thank you for your word, that we can dive into scripture, that we can uh, open up the Bible, and that it's not dead pages, they're not dead words, but because you are in it. You have breathed your life into it, God. You are the word. We get life from it. We are restored from it. We learn from it, God. And so apply it to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Passing on the faith means we talk about it. Do you talk about your faith as much as you talk about your favorite Netflix series? <laughs> Do you talk about your faith as much as you talk about your favorite foods, your favorite sports team? Some of you will follow. I'm a part of a fantasy league for the NFL. Uh, I'm doing horrible at it because I've never done it before. I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's fun. But some people, they like do legit research on these guys, and that's all they want to talk about. They know this guy's stats from 10 years ago all the way up to now, and I'm not here to throw condemnation on you or judge you, but I'm wondering, do you know Jesus like that? Is he a part of our conversations? Is Thanksgiving just the only day that we're thankful? I wonder, we hear this over and over again. You want to know why we preach the same stuff every year? It's because the truth don't change. The truth don't change. The same way we preach it over and over again is the same reason why you bring that same casserole to every holiday meal, okay? Because it's good. Delicioso. It's good. In other words, how do we pass the faith by looking at the psalm? Number one, here's what we see. We see the word commend. Commend. I love looking up definitions, and I kind of get this from Pastor Joey because he likes looking up the Greek translations and stuff like that and, de and definitions. But it says to cite or name with approval. Or special praise, a special praise to commend a soldier for bravery, to commend. Are we commending people to God, to Jesus? Here's number two, declare. It says to announce officially, to proclaim, declaring from the rooftops. I think of like in old English times where there was a kid or in the old times where there was a kid on the side of the street with a newspaper shouting out the news of the day. Extra, extra, real about it. Jesus saved me, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about, to declare. That's declare. Number three, this is where I lose people right here. This is where I lose people. Number three, sing. <laughs> sing. You're like, Pastor Izzy, I watch the voice. I am not the voice, right? Uh, the American Idol is definitely not on my radar. I am not one of those singers. Uh, I can do the masked singer, but I just not me, right? Put a bag on my head and maybe, right? Some of y'all sound amazing in the shower, right? But it pretty much stops there, right? You're like, the neighbors can hear me, but no one here. It says in verse seven, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. Poor. Reminds me of Mary. When she goes and gets her, her, her Pyrenard, this vial of expensive perfume. And I love that scripture says this. Scripture says that she breaks it open because she had no intent of keeping any for herself. God is good all the time. And all the time. He's so good. Break open your worship. Sing. I Listen, I don't care who's in my ear. Listen, if you can sing or you can't sing, God doesn't care. I don't care. Sing. Sing. And shout out to Pastor Joey. The other week, his lapel mic was in our ears, and our pastor can actually sing, okay? So he was singing. And let me tell you something. Even if he didn't know how to sing, I'd still love it because I love a pastor that can sing. I love a pastor that's willing to pour out his praise in front of everybody without caring of how he looks like. I wonder if there's anybody here that's willing to sing. I wonder if there's anybody here that's willing to pass the faith as they sing. If you've experienced the goodness of God, it is like that goodness that is on the table, when you do the turkey just right, 
Not that dry turkey that feels like you're eating sandpaper, a, a sandpaper leather wallet. You know what I'm saying? You're like, well, visuals, <laughs> right? Anybody deep fry their turkey? No? You're like, no, I don't want to burn my house down. You should try it safely. It's amazing. It's the best. It's like the goodness that's on the table, the goodness of God right in front of you. When you think about God's goodness, it's not difficult for you to know that it's there because you can smell it and you can taste it. You can see it. Your job and my job is to pass it along. I want to talk about something, what that looks like so far in this church. And we've been here for seven months, seven months. It's been awesome. I'm still here. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. We'll see how long I can last. What does a thriving faith community look like? Now, I hear pastors talk about it. What what does a thriving community look like? How is the church thriving? How is Belmont thriving? And and I I did some research, and I'm glad you asked, but you didn't, so I'm going to tell you about it anyway. A glimpse of Belmont Assembly of God is this. How are we thriving is we uh, we are a multi-generational church. We're multicultural. Right? We've got a bunch of cultures in here. It's a, it's a pot of stew in here. There's so many different colors and all shapes and sizes and all the fun stuff. But we have multiple generations. Let me just give you a glimpse of what that looks like. A glimpse of Belmont Assembly of God is this. We have people from the silent generation. You're like, what is the silent generation? Get ready for history lesson. That's from 1928 to 1945. People in our church. We've got baby boomers. Any baby boomers? Yeah. Okay, boomer. All right. <laughs> got him. Oh, she, she's ready. We got, um, we got Gen Xers. Any Gen Xers? Yeah, you're here. You're just like, oh my gosh, my mom is a boomer and she just yelled right now, right? <clears throat> we got millennials in the house? So entitled, right? Wow. <laughs> Me? I'm a millennial. I am, 1993. Some of y'all were in college. Um, oh, um, we got, so I, I heard about this. I don't know how official it is, but I, I was reading and it's like typical millennials where they like, they also don't want to be labeled. Like, don't call me a millennial. And so there's a, there's a, there's a, gray area in between millennials and Gen Z that these certain millennials is like, they don't know what to say. And they don't know because they like, they remember like dial up. You know what I'm saying? Like, they remember all these things. And, like, you know, they remember, like, you didn't have the internet in your pocket. They also remember that you had to pay for minutes on your phone. Y'all remember that? You remember you're trying to holler at a girl, fellas? You're like, hey, girl, I love you. Yeah. Hey, I got to go. I got to go. I'm out of minutes. All right, bye. Nine o'clock. Well, I had it. Right? You had to pay for text messages. Listen, that's why some of y'all are teeny boppers. I'm going to put you on game real quick. That's why, like, the original text was, like, you would TXT for text. And, right, you would have all these different acronyms and abbreviations for words because, like, you had to fit all you wanted to say because you had to pay for text messages. You had to. Right? So we've got those. And then we have Zillennials. They're the ones in between. And they're like, I don't know. We don't really talk about them because what are they? You just want to be your own thing at this point? We got Gen Z. Some of my Gen Z people, yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. And now we've got Gen Alpha. Generation Alpha. It's kind of like the hurricanes, right? Like we just come up with names, and when we're done, we just start over in the alphabet. We're like, oh, Z. Let's go back to A. Let's figure that out. So we have these generations represented in our church, and it's amazing. 
it's amazing bringing Dottie here. And I think Dottie is the youngest or is one of the youngest people. If you don't know, Dottie is my daughter. She's amazing. She's cute. She's literally a Cabbage Patch doll. Like seeing from, from the front of the room after church to the back, Dottie will meet and smile and giggle and be all bashful to multiple generations of the church. Multiple generations of the church are saying hi to daddy, preciosa. Or, or if you're, if you're Gio, daddy linda, right? Like, right? Some of y'all are speaking Spanish to daddy, and I'm like, that's awesome. But if she grows up speaking Spanish, I still don't, right? So it's going to be a problem. I recently was able to sit down with five generations of my family, that, and they live in Humboldt Park. They've been living there for forever without coaching or prompting in in this setting, the most common conversation I heard was God's faithfulness. We could talk about anything else. They wanted to talk about God's faithfulness. I got to hear stories of the faith of my elders and goodness of God throughout hardship, war, struggle. And church, it moved me to thanksgiving and it almost moved me to tears. There, right in front of me, right there, multiple generations, was living proof of God's faithfulness through time. It's like food on the table. I couldn't deny it. I can smell it. I can see it. I can smell the plastic on the couches. (laughs) Get rid of those, all right? Get rid of those. Nobody wants to sit in your house and like get up, you know what I'm saying? Because you've been sweating on that thing. Sell the antique couches, get new ones. I'm sorry. That's not in my notes. You can see it. I can see it. My great-grandpa's brother, oh, who can, I wondered where my family got singing from and playing. He was a musician, and he was there playing on a cassette tape. That's stuff before CDs and your phone. And he would rewind, and we'd play, and we would hear him singing, and it was just phenomenal. I can see God's faithfulness. It's right there in front of me like food on a table. Let me give you some practical steps today for exactly what it would look like to pass the faith here and now. I hope you're taking notes because I I truly believe God wants to help you in this as you pass the faith. One of the simplest and most practical ways for you to get involved in passing on the faith to the next generation is this. Number one, pray for our kids. Pray for our kids. A few weeks ago, we had family night, and it was amazing to see the family come on out and support the youth and just be fed for a while. And on the table, Pastor Ariel and I, we put out a little sheet of paper that says 10 ways to pray for your student. There's 10 ways that we can pray, because I wanted to give parents, like, like, parents, pray for your student. And there are some parents here that are like, about what? They don't pay bills? <laughs> what they got going on, right? I want to I wanna show you this. At Momentum, with thousands of youth, we had a speaker come up and uh, make a complete left turn from his message. He was going to preach on something, and he felt the Holy Spirit lead him in a different direction, and I was like, bring the word. He said, how many of you in this place deal with and struggle with anxiety and panic attacks? And church, it would shock you the amount of hands that went up. It would shock you. I, I couldn't believe how many students, because anxiety gets glorified through social media and people like to post about it. And it's, a, it's great that there's exposure, but, but what's happening is there's no answer. 
great. You see that everybody is anxious with you. What's the answer? And, and there was a sea of hands raised. We had one of our own students deal with a panic attack there in that moment during one of the concerts and getting to pray with her. And, 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 I, and I would like to report that she felt like God healed her from her anxiety as we prayed. So that's amazing. <clears throat> he spoke on anxiety. And, and I say that, and I mention that because it, the second I saw the hands go up, I said, Lord, help them. They're going through a lot and they need you. It moved me to prayer. I love youth in action. I, I, and I honestly would encourage some of you to come on a Thursday night to see what's happening in the lives of these students because mom and dad, aunt, uncle, and you know whoever you're here, students are going through a lot. And I truly believe that the Bible, when it says the prayers of the righteous availeth much, meaning the, the, the prayers of you and I, God's people, as we're clothed in righteousness, the Bible says that they are powerful and effective. That when you pray, it's not just, I pray for so-and-so and that you would help them. I'm asking you, church, to call out to Jesus for our kids. Would you spend time? You want to know what a great opportunity for you to practice prayer is the Wednesday night prayer meeting. And Pastor Joey's not paying me to say that. He's not telling me to say that. I truly believe that when the church comes together to pray, God can't help but move. God can't help but do something. But you've got to be here. You've got to make it a point that says, you know what? These kids need help. My family needs help. The church, the world needs help. And how can you and I do something practical, something that, that doesn't take a lot of energy and most of our time is pray. Call out to God. Pray for our students. Man, they sure do need it. But I, I, I like to say this. As the message went on, Student after student in the altar time was getting freed and delivered from the lie and, and the enemy and, and the anxiousness and the stress and all those things. And I can preach a whole sermon about that, but I'll save that for Pastor Joey and let him do that to you guys. But pray for our students. Pray for our students. The next practical way that you can pass on the faith is this. Serve. Serve. Here's the great thing about serving, that there are a variety of ways to serve. There's a variety of ways to serve. From organizing, to greeting, to decorating. Shout out to Marlene and Adorn and the team. They're amazing. All the way to teaching and mentoring at every level in between. I would love to see half the adults in this church involved in serving on a regular basis in any capacity. But because I'm the youth pastor, I'm going to say in our kids' ministry. That's passing the faith, serving in our kids' ministry. Because it's not just youth. It's not just youth that are dealing with things. It's our children. And let me tell you something. Our kids' program is lit. <laughs> Listen, Compass Kids is fire. Sometimes on Wednesdays, I'll sneak out, and I'll just go and look. And they are having a blast. Awana is amazing. Sundays are amazing. The, the kids' program is so much fun. You want to know what would be awesome? It could be more fun and more awesome if you served. If you prayed and lift the arms of the leaders that are involved. Come hang out with us in kids. Come hang out with us in youth. Hang out in the nursery. Live production. Worship. There's so many other teams. Park cars. Help, pass, help Gary out. Come to Heart and Home. Serve. Amen. Amen. I'll be there. Come hang out. 
I know what some of you may be thinking regarding the serving is you either don't have the time, you don't have the physical capacity, or you don't like kids. And that's okay, even though Jesus likes kids. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Here's another simple way that you can support our youth, our ministries here. If you're like, man, I just don't have the capacity to do it. Here's one thing that you can do. Number three, that's give. That's give. This church is a giving church. Every time I think about this church, anytime I talk about this church, this family, one of the first things I say is, boy, do they give. And not just... We're talking financially here, but let me just do the sidebar. You guys give of yourself. I'm so honored to be a part of this church. When, when, he, when we got the call to come here, I was so excited. I came and, and, and led worship that Christmas before, and, and just one service. I had never been to a service before. I, I had not experienced the people of Belmont Assembly. One service. And I came back and I said, we got to be there. The people are amazing. They sing so loud. They give so generously. Some of you introduced yourselves to me like we've been friends for forever. And I love that. You give of yourself, church. Give. Do you think about our kids when you write your offering check or give online? Do you think about the youth that, that you're giving to? Because the money of the church, it goes to the church. It goes to you, the, the events, the things that we do to support you, to love on you, to pass you the faith. You, you are the beneficiaries of that. You are the givers of that. That's you. Thank you for your generosity. Let's continue to give. Let's continue to see God do something in, in our lives, in this church. When you give, you support the ministries of our church. It's amazing. I believe God has some good news for us today, church, and here it is. Here it is. God has equipped us as leaders here in this church for the purpose of passing the faith. He's equipped you to do it. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider what God would want you to do and how he would want you to follow Jesus. I wonder if, what would happen if a lot of us took time to say, okay, God, how do you want me to follow you? You ever ask yourself that question? You ever ask yourself that question? Because a lot of us, we just kind of want to do what we want to do at the church. Like, well, I want to be on the stage. I want to sing, but God is asking you to help park cars. Well, I want to do this or I want to do that. And God is asking you, no, I need you in this area. This is where the need is at the church. This is where we need people. Are you willing to sit back and say, God, how do you want me to pass the faith? Where do you, where do you want me to serve? How do you want me to worship you? That's the best conversation that we can have. And that might be scary for some of you because God might be calling you out of something and into something. But like I said here, the good news is that God has equipped you. God has equipped you to be a leader in this church. You have been hardwired by God for a reason. You have been gifted and equipped by the Holy Spirit for ministry. You have. And Jesus is urging you to follow him where he would lead you. If the band can help me out as we get ready to close. And I'm not going to do that pastor thing where we say we're going to close and then we do like eight more things, but I am going to do the pastor thing where we say we're going to close and I'm going to do four more things, okay? <laughs> Go ahead, chop that in half. Pass the faith. So I've spoken to the majority of the room, right? All of you that would say, yeah, I, I'm at the table. 
I can pass you this. I see the rice. I see the pork. I see, I see the cornbread. I see it all. I'm, I'm willing to pass it, but, but I'm here to address this moment, those of you that have yet to sit at this table, those of you who don't know Jesus, and I'd like to take a moment to talk to you. Friend, you can't pass faith if you don't have any. You can't. This whole idea that like, well, I've got positive vibes, sending positive vibes. You see something on Facebook, sending vibes. What is that anyway? What are vibes? Stop. Don't send me that. You know what vibes do? Expire. You know what? I don't want, I don't want vibes. I need prayer. I need help. I need faith. You can't pass faith if you don't have any. And the reality is you can't share your faith because simply put, you either have been discouraged in your walk with Jesus or you're just now hearing about him for the first time. The Bible says this in Romans 10, 17. You'll see it on the Sky Bible. It says this. Faith comes by hearing. That is. How does faith come by? Hearing. Hearing. That is hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. What's the good news in this moment? What's the faith that I can pass you as somebody that you say, hey, pastors, they don't have faith. I just don't have it. I'm here to pass you the faith. As I close, I want to tell you the good news. There's some of you here, and the reality is you can see the food on the table, but you don't know how to get there. You say it looks great and filling, but you've been told that you can't eat at this table. You can't eat here. Some of you here have been told you have to clean yourself up before you have to be a part of this table, before you get to be invited. You've got to wash. You've got to get things together. You have to get stuff in motion before you can sit with us, before you can eat of these things. Some of you are just waiting for an invite. Some of you are just waiting for an invite. What am I saying? For so long... We can say social media, we can say the world, but for so long, Christianity has been made to look like a members-only experience. The world has made it seem that you must have it all together, you must clean your life up, but I'm here to tell you, church, that narrative is completely wrong. It is completely wrong and utterly a lie. That same Jesus that Joseph and Kayla met on the bus is inviting you to the table to experience his goodness and mercy, his kindness and thoughtfulness, his compassion and grace. How has Jesus invited you to a relationship with him? You're saying, I hear you. I, I want those things. I need some goodness in my life. I need grace. I need kindness to think that somebody out there loves me for me. Yeah. How is he inviting me, Pastor Izzy? It's this right here. Sin separated you and I from the things of God and from God himself, but because of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. Lived a perfect life, three years of ministry. Lived a perfect life so that in this moment where we see in scripture, the gospels, he gives his life up for you because we're sinners. And that sin separated us from the goodness of God, from the faithfulness of God and God said, I can't let that happen anymore. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. The good news doesn't end there. It starts there. Three days later, church, 
Three days later, person, friend, he was resurrected from the grave. And we've been extended an invitation to a relationship with him because of this. We're not worshiping a vibe, like I said. We're not worshiping an idea. We're worshiping a man named Jesus who loves you, who wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to give you faith. Those moments where you feel like you can't stand, those moments where you feel like you can't move, those moments where you feel like you're starving or drowning or you can't see, Jesus wants to give you faith. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to deliver you. I'm here to pass you the faith today and say, this is a table, the goodness of God, the things that we've experienced as a family. It's available to you today because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. You and I were bound for a place that was never meant for us and that place is called hell but because of Jesus we can spend eternity with him apart from sickness apart from disease apart from sin forever with God in a holy place if you're here and you see the food and fruits of the people around you and you see how God has helped them and you see how God has blessed them and you're saying to yourself I want that You can see your Christian friend. They seem to handle things a little bit better than you. They seem to be a little bit more optimistic about things in life. And you're like, how? Whatever they're doing, whatever food they're eating, whatever they're getting past, I need somebody to pass that to me. Can can I have that? And I'm here to say yes. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. This is a call for you. Jesus is calling you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Hey, don't just take my word for it. There's food on every table in this room, meaning there's story after story in every person's heart, the people around you, how God has been faithful. But don't just take their word for it either. You try it. Try the food. Get past the faith, and I promise you, your life will never be the same. Your life will change with every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Izzy, I want to believe. I want to believe and like the Roman centurion, you're saying, but help my unbelief. Help me believe. You've come to the right place. You say, I want to be different. You've come to the right place. I need help. I need people to surround me in love and affection. You've come to the right place. I need I need healing. You've come to the right place. God is here. You say, I've tried everything, but nothing has worked, Pastor Izzy. I've tried it. It's not working. Today, I need to make the decision to follow Jesus. All I'm asking you right now, if you're saying, hey, that's me, Pastor Izzy. I've tried things. It's not working. And I'm at the end of my rope. And I just want to belong somewhere. I need somebody to pass me some faith because I don't have any for myself. If you want that, if you need that, if you want a relationship with Jesus starting today, all I'm asking you to do is just want you to slip up your hand. I'm going to count to three because that usually helps people. I'm going to count to three. And all I want you to do is just slip it up. And once you put it up, you can put it right back down. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm here to empower you. One, God loves you. Everything about you. Two, There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from him. He loves you that much. And three, come on, if that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus, I see that hand back there. Is there anybody else? I see that hand back there. Is there anybody else? Come on, hands are up. Let's be bold in this moment. I'm here to pass you faith. 
I don't want you to starve anymore. I don't want you to go hungry. I don't want you to leave this place the same. I don't want you to leave this place the same. Is that anybody else? You just say, Pastor Izzy, I want you to include me in this prayer. I see that hand. That's awesome. Come on, hands are going up across this place. Anybody want to join them? Anybody want to join them at the table? One more moment. That's amazing. God is moving, church. That's amazing. That's amazing. Can we all stand here in this place? For those who lifted their hands, I want to pray for you. I'm so excited for you. This isn't a fake smile. This, I'm so excited. What, what you committed to do is you say, hey, I want a relationship with Jesus. And because of this prayer that we're going to pray, as you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And I know scripture says that even if one, even if one person gives their heart to God, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And church, multiple hands went up and we're going to rejoice here in a second. But I want you, if you can, to just repeat after me. We'll do this all together. But if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat after me in this moment. We'll say this, Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you're the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, will we just celebrate with those people? Come on. Your journey doesn't end here if you raise your hand. Your journey starts here. And I'm happy to say you don't have to do it alone. I encourage you to keep coming. Be a part of what's happening in the life of the church. And hear of the goodness of God from the people around us. Some of, some of the stories in this place are amazing. But I'm here to welcome you to the family of God. You will never be the same. Church, can we celebrate with the angels one more time for the salvations that are happening here? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your grace is always sufficient to sustain us. I want to say welcome to the family of God. Church, whatever you do, whatever you do, please pass the faith. The goodness of God is right in front of you. Don't hoard it or keep it to yourself. Whatever you do, say it with me. Please pass the faith. Amen and amen. Thank you for coming to church today. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless. Come on, let's celebrate one more time.